Welcome to the second episode of the Control-Alt-Delete Reboot Marketing Podcast, a toolkit podcast for anyone who is looking to connect with tomorrow's customers and for building tomorrow's brands. To stay relevant in this manic world today, I believe we've got to hit reboot for marketing as a whole. This is the second part of my conversation with Anil Vishwanathan. Anil is Director India for Chocolates at Cadbury, Mondelez. Here we go, listen in. It takes me back to a word you used right in the beginning of our conversation, linear, yeah. right? It used to be linear. There used to be a product life cycle. There was this IDA. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you ha- you kind of had a sense that first you need to do this, then you need to do something else. And then the consumer will finally express his desire and, and action to buy product. These days, and if I was to try and broaden uh, our conversation to say in various other product categories, very often the guy goes directly from awareness to action. Sure. Right. We all know, I mean, and I do it all the time where I go, I see a brand and I immediately go into a e-commerce website and search. I don't even Google it. Mm-hmm. I'll go into an Amazon or a Flipkart and I'll search for the pro- for the brand, the product. Mm-hmm. And even if I don't purchase it, I will definitely come very close to taking action. Sure. A lot of that is happening, mm-hmm. right? That's how true. do you kind of, how do you kind of, and, and that's, it's not linear. So mm-hmm. is, the, is, there, is there a method to the madness or you just got to go with the flow and hope for the best? Spray and pray, as you said. I mean, def- I mean definitely there is, uh, uh, the fundamentals of brand creation don't change. Okay. And, the, and the, the and the whole concept of you know what a brand brings in mm-hmm. uh, uh, and and eventually uh, uh, a set of elements of brand creation which is about driving awareness driving trial driving repeats remain the fundamental principles through which you will design a brand or design an initiative sure it is just that you will not do these things sequentially mm. right and more importantly not expect the consumer to have seen them sequentially Absolutely. That's, Abs- that's a crucial thing. Absolutely. Right? Wow. And okay. I think Bezos has this, uh, I'm, I'm told, I don't know whether it's mm-hmm. Bezos, but I'm told that they have this whole concept of a, uh, in in which way does the door open? Is it a two-way door or is it a one-way door? Mm-hmm. In the way he looks at decision making. Mm-hmm. And if it's a two-way door, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. he's happy to delegate that decision. Mm-hmm. And if it's a mm-hmm. one-way door, he agonizes mm-hmm. over it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Absolutely. what we hear. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of a principle... Yeah. To say, as I'm putting out something, how comfortable I am to put out something which is at a beta stage. It's about uh, how flexible you are Ah. in that part of your bundle. Okay. And how willing are you to incorporate or involve your consumer in the process of co-creation. And then put out something which is beta. Okay, so let me me talk about, uh, and I think we talked about this right in the beginning about the the power of peer-to-peer influence it's become so much easier to share experiences uh, experiences with brands experiences mm. with products experiences mm. as experiences mm. do you think that plays an an inequitable role compared to the past in the brand decision making process for a typical consumer or was it always that it's just that technology has made it more obvious and apparent mm. number one and number two is there is there is there a way to kind of instigate these experiences and sharing of experiences mm-hmm. or is it just a, a natural flow of things uh, brilliant point and I think two things I think one is 
there is a risk of trying to uh, uh, oversimplify also. So okay. it, and you know, when you take uh, the difference between simplistic and simple, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you take a simplistic approach. So I think people are relating peer to peer to influencing. Right. And then go to influencers, right? And then go to big influencers, and then you know, that's creating an industry of its own. Right. I think it's more complex than that. I think mm-hmm. at a at a at a base level, when it comes to brands and how brand choices get made, I think nothing has changed. Peer to peer influence mattered, and it continues to matter. I think at a fundamental level, that is clear. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's changing much. Speed of response is going up, and that's right. great. Which is true in everything in the world today. Correct. So. I think the interesting bit that we observed, not by ourselves, but by speaking to others, and you know, uh, we had this very brilliant uh, speaker come to us uh, last year in a, in a in a marketing forum, in an internal marketing forum, uh, uh, year year and a half back, and he spoke about, uh, and now we are seeing more and more of this language coming. He spoke right. about the concept of tribes, right, and the emergence of tribes, right. Um, before society, <coughs> before society existed the way we uh, that that the way we know it. We knew that humans existed in tribes. Absolutely, and that's how they identified mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Over a period of time, society, geopolitics, refined how these tribes are defined, right? Got it. And then got we it. got into countries, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. The emergence of technology, according to that speaker, and I think it's uh, uh, it's it's highly resonant to me. The emergence of technology is able to. Uh, is able is enabling the creation of tribes in a way uh-huh. that never existed before and earlier uh, these tribes didn't know where they existed they were small they didn't have a voice uh, and over a period of time technology is enabling the creation of unique tribes which is transcending de- demographics and what holds them together is that unique identity that defines that tribe and they are so passionate about it that the only way that they exist and the only reason that they exist is and the only way they identify themselves hmm. is because of that is the, uh, that tribe mm-hmm. what's happening is this multiple tribes are getting created right. the invocation to us hence was at that in that forum on that through that piece of it is mm-hmm. that your brand has a tribe mm-hmm. build that tribe Mm-hmm. and then get them involved that's one way of looking at it from a marketer standpoint is to understand who are those tribes right and how do i reach those tribes right so imagine us both mm-hmm. and 15 years back as manchester united fans mm-hmm. how big was our tribe and mm-hmm. how often would we speak mm-hmm. imagine today yeah yeah right it's almost on a daily key. basis right right the right. fact that daniel james thanks his dad right after scoring a goal right. is something that we both celebrate absolutely, absolutely. so i think Imagine the power of that mm. tribe. How closely knit is it? Mm. You might not know each other as well, but the first thing you do in the morning as that tribe, you go to that. Oh. So all kinds. There's a beautiful concept called hobby horsing. Okay. You know the the no, concept. No, I don't. Of, no, I don't. So hobby horsing is outstandingly crazy. But if you take a step back, and that's what the guy was saying. Right. Uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a, it's a Scandinavian concept. Uh-huh. Where there are young girls. With imaginary horse, it's a toy horse, okay. and they're doing a steeplechase, uh, uh, the 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 typical equestrian uh, act, right, right, on their hobby horse. It's just a just a toy. It's not a real horse. It's just a toy horse, and they're and riding. And they're 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 acting on it. It's become a sport now. It's become a craze. It started in Scandinavia. It's gone, and people are predicting that in another twenty years, it'll become an Olympic sport. <laughs> it's called okay. hobby, and you know the term hobby horsing right. has come from there. Right. So unbelievable! It's crazy. Now the 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 point that guy was saying is, you know, 
who knows 200 years back when the first guy invented football there were said a bunch of cynics saying what yeah. the heck is going on what are these people doing True. why are they wasting their time yeah. so i think uh, this whole concept of tribes is where this peer to peer concept is getting extremely powerful and if you look at more and more brands mm. especially when it comes to niche obviously it's creating a lot of niche brand mm. opportunities mm. Mm. right now think about when i come closer to my uh, my my business there is an organic tribe there's a vegan tribe right so all of these are tribes now the question is of course from my uh, from our end from your business and that's where we can be smarter than many others because we have large brands we can even experiment with some things we can withdraw sometimes a small brand gets stuck because it, it you know it's it's whole identity sure. is based on sure. go one way or the other go you can make choices but yeah. we can participate in multiple sure. tribes yeah. as long and as also we're flexible brings us back to what we were discussing a little while back about segmenting so these are these are you could call micro segments maybe mm-hmm. at some level mm-hmm. so you start mm-hmm. addressing these micro segments and of course uh, mm-hmm. the question of communicating uh, with those micro segments comes yeah. in and it's a, it's a it's a whole new world out so there so beautiful i mean just building on that micro script yeah. i'll give you an example one of our brands just last quarter so you know personalization at scale mm-hmm. everybody's talking mm-hmm. about absolutely it. so Mass that's what it is now uh, based on a simple algorithm of types of people types of genres and types of context we were able to create 96000 ads what wow of the same brand so it's a right, simple right, concept right. it's a simple template so it's and now you can create that automatically once you have the template clear then my brand stands for x got it but in the context of a of a older adult watching football i can just play around i can generate put those keywords in that gets generated so that is the power of uh, uh, of what you can, how i can personalize so eventually the end reality is you will get a personal ad that's mm. what will happen uh, which will work for you so roi of that asset will be the best right and you will get that ad based on where you are what you are doing and for the category that you purchase and you know there's enough information of uh, whoever has so that's the chase everybody's chasing you me for that unique id i said do that that's the that's the that's the hunt down to everybody's saying that mm. so that's why they're saying data is in your oil right i mean i was just going to ask you a question about data which is that how much how much and, and considering you're in an you're in an fmcg category how much does data drive decision making now we again i'm going to go back uh, 20 years there used to be market research there used to be org data there, there was org marg and you know you used to do qualitative quantitative there was a research always has historically always played a decent sized role in making big marketing decisions uh, if i may call it that is that how is data playing a role in decision making um, primarily is it is it only still the big decisions or is it getting into smaller decisions and faster decision making just like just like we are seeing uh, in every other industry which is getting transformed by technology marketing is also getting transformed over and over a period of time i can easily see more and more marketing decisions being driven by data and being almost automated because you right. want to eliminate risk and you want to get to a better decision right mm. data is allowing that so data is playing a bigger and bigger role in decisions but the question is what type of decisions uh, and i think a larger set of smaller decisions are definitely getting driven by data right and a few big key strategic decisions uh, that's left to uh, that's left to leadership right there is there are no rights and wrongs in those set of decisions so in that sense it's a qualitative 
kind of uh, it's not a quality thing. you have a clear north star right based on where you want to go okay you have very clearly you have, you have a very clearly defined brand mm-hmm. and then you have a set of choices then on on depend i mean this, uh, uh, based on those conditions and then you take those choices i think you take those choices and i think what you're seeing is uh, definitely data is helping a lot in terms of how you can de-risk those choices how you can mold those choices how you can co-create i think the the key thing i was trying to uh, kind of pin down anil was more along the lines of what are the metrics that allow you to do cost correction see i mean i think nothing fundamentally nothing has changed over the years you're doing marketing with the intent of impacting behavior and thus sales sure. right i don't think that's fundamentally changed um but with the advent of technology and data mm. i would like to believe that it's become a little easier to do cost correction so that if you are going down the wrong track you have the chance to kind of fix it so i think uh, that's where i uh, we, when we spoke about that two door and one door right concept right to say i would change the notion of cost correction into uh, a process of continuous improvement right so i don't think i am in a stage uh, or we should be in a stage where we core, core course correct the core so be clear what the fundamentals are which you won't change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and be clear what you're happy to change mm-hmm. in which case keep changing mm-hmm. keep changing with an intensity or with a speed that you're comfortable with to right. the organizations comfortable with, which right. is efficient etc etc right but you're then saying that these elements of my campaign or my bundle will keep changing so uh, uh, hence some things will never change because i'm very clear and some things are uh, uh, are open to constant course correction or constant evolution is the way i'm looking at it so when you say metrics mm-hmm. uh, i'm curious as what specifically you're saying no, no, exactly, exactly this yeah. it was exactly this that i was kind of um, trying to understand you know what are the kind of things you're kind of uh kind keeping an eye on to make sure that marketing is going in the direction that uh, you know you want it to go overall so maybe we can have some fun just to kind of uh, uh, kind of finish this off um i'm just going to ask you a few questions um your favorite three songs ever <laughs> okay after an intense marketing yes. conversation yeah, yeah, that comes as a surprise fun. my three favorite song my most favorite song will remain uh wish you were here by pink floyd because that's 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 this linked to a very strong memory okay uh of my professed my love for my wife mm-hmm. so uh that's a very dear song to me say romeo and juliet mm mm-hmm. dire straits dire straits mm-hmm. uh i'd say jamaican farewell mm mm-hmm. uh harry belafonte i could go mm-hmm. on and on i'm sure but, uh, in your opinion the best movie ever made Again, uh, very, very, very difficult. I possibly can tell one, you the best, one movie. best movie of every single director that I love. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> maybe the movie that provides me life force, that's defined uh, the way I want to lead my life, is mm-hmm. La Vita e Bella. Life is beautiful. Uh, right. Roberto Benigni. I think that quite amazing. Possibly the it is the movie I've possibly seen the most number of times. Closer Home, maybe Pather Panchali, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm a Ray fan. Mm-hmm. But these two, maybe. Yeah. the book that most influenced you catcher in the rye any john steinbeck and graham green book mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Again, provide gave me clarity on how I want to lead my life. Your favorite place to think big, King. Your Anytime running. I get into an Apple store. Okay. Wow. Interesting. There's a brand for you. One thing your you wish your phone could do. Clear my email. <laughs> maybe maybe AI could do that sometimes. I know. Soon. I know. The the day is close by. Your favorite app on your phone? At this moment, I'd say Twitter. Hmm. Hmm. Something in your pocket other than your mobile. Credit cards. Mm-hmm. Messy desk or clean desk? Messy. Open office or closed office? Open. Excellent. Uh, would love to get some recommendations from you for our audience in terms of uh, something you've read, something you've watched, something you've listened to lately that you feel uh, you've discovered and would love to share with people. <laughs> that could be a podcast on yeah. its own. <laughs> but Red, Maybe I would we should say, do one of those sometime uh, soon. Red, I would say, yeah, I mean... Uh, of course, as I mentioned, some things, I mean, Steinbeck, Graham Greene, etc., which are like, I mean, pick up classic literature. Mm-hmm. Literature never dies. Mm-hmm. It's classics reinventing themselves. They are timeless. If you're interested in marketing and if, if you're interested in how consumer behavior is shaped, behavioral economics is a fantastic space. Mm-hmm. I think what's also happening over a period of time is behavioral economics uh, makes a great storytelling. So fundamentally, it's opened up a huge market for books. Right. So starting from things like whatever Malcolm Gladwell writes mm-hmm. and any of his dead talks uh, or uh, guys like Levitt, Freakonomics, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Nudge. So all the guys who've actually basically won all the recent Nobel Prizes for uh, economics, mm-hmm. Kahneman, Taleb, so I think uh, everybody is realizing that people are making decisions not based mm-hmm. on rational thinking. People are making decisions in a very rational way. Uh, and how people make decisions influence the way they behave. And that's right. what brands should obsess. Right. Absolutely. So I think behavioral economics is a great space. And the third thing is, I think there's so much to learn from great leaders and great people and successful people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight mm-hmm. inspires, inspires brilliant, me. Brilliant book, yeah. Uh, it's really quite something. Jobs' biography, of course, is again a cliche. Yeah. Open from Andre Gassi, for example. I mean, mm. fantastic. I mean, so I think these three big genres, I think uh, I would urge people to read. Watch, I think uh, today OTT is exploding. But uh, from an Indian perspective, I think what I would invite uh, people to watch is regional cinema. There's mm. so much that's available, which was uh, not available in the past. A, because of subtitling. B, because of uh, abstruse ownership rights. Today they're getting smarter. And listen, listen to podcasts like this one. Atul mm. <laughs> I wish you all the best for this, Atul. But I think uh, definitely uh, as we're spending more and more time commuting and occasionally switching on to podcasts, there's so much. It's it's an ocean out there again. Absolutely. My personal favorite today or these days is something called Revisionist History. Okay. This is Gladwell. Uh, mm. He's done three series already. This is the fourth series. It's unbelievable. Really? That's one I don't know. I'm going to Stories in the past. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, seen in a different light. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Really? Beautiful. Okay. Among many others. Mm-hmm. So I think there's so much. Mm-hmm. There's so much that we can uh, use, our, use our time for. I've got three recommendations of my own. Uh, one is a daily show podcast that Trevor Noah does. I find him absolutely hilarious. Uh, I use a lot of my podcast time uh, quite quite well balanced between education and entertainment and mm-hmm. I find Trevor Noah great for entertainment uh, a book that I've just finished reading is 250 Days which is a book about and you'll like this one by Daniel Story about Cantona's Kung Fu and the making of Man United oh, very wow. interesting book so it's, it's just about that 250 days when Cantona infamously jumped into the crowd to kick that young man and then 
how Manchester United kind of dealt with that over the 250-day period. And the third one is John Doerr's book on Measure What Matters about OKRs and their implementation. Very interesting uh, from, a, from a people development in organization point of view. Anil, uh, thanks very much for being the guinea pig guest on our <laughs> inaugural podcast show. Happy guinea pig. Thank you very much for your time. Uh, and that's it for this episode. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast platform that you use. And uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Atul.